Hey, Jen, we need to sell our home. Do you know a great agent? I do. We just sold with a local Redfin agent. It was awesome. And we paid a 1% listing fee because we bought our new home with Redfin, too. Wow, 1%. Are Redfin agents full service? Totally. Our Redfin agent did it all, and we sold for thousands more than the home next door. I'll check out Redfin today. 1% listing fee when purchasing with Redfin subject to minimums, terms, and conditions. Does not include buyer's agent commission. Learn more at Redfin.com or call 844-759-7732. There are 330 million users on Twitter with 262 million users from outside the U.S. And it's a community builder, lead generator, and a place to find the latest news. If Twitter had an Oxford-level university, my next guest would have earned a Ph.D. in the platform. (laughs) So joining me now is Samantha Kelly, and she is the tweeting goddess from the beautiful country of Ireland. Welcome, Samantha. (laughs) Thank you so much, Debbie. And this is proof, actually, that you can build relationships on Twitter and then you get opportunities like this. Exactly. So first, let me ask you, how are you and your family handling the last year and a half with the pandemic how are you managing? well I have a 14 year old um, so it's been tough for her I think for their age group you know they're not getting out as much and stuff but um the lockdown was tough but there's definitely more devices being used in the house now um and then my husband is slightly older and he's actually 62 and he ordered online for the very first time oh, so wow. there have been some positive changes with regard to what I do which is online I do a lot of stuff online so it's been great for my business but for people like I I, I'm thank goodness we didn't actually it didn't come to our door and COVID didn't come to our door so we I'm very very grateful for that and um, it's just been a lot of looking after my extended family as well and making sure everyone's safe and uh, yeah it's been really good with them I think I've seen a lot of kindness and and love and definitely more love around um, especially with the family so yeah I think we're appreciating what we have now we're more grateful well we see the twitter magic that you are sprinkling throughout our uh, internet universe mm-hmm. but I want to kind of get to the backstory here okay and uh, one of the things that you've touched on just briefly is um, your sobriety Mm-hmm. And you mentioned 13 years sober, was it? Yep, I am. Okay. Wow. <laughs> can can you talk about that a bit and how, I know it's like a yeah. big story, like share what you can? Sure. Yeah. Look, I never have a problem sharing because if it can help one person watching this today, then it's totally worth it. You know, um, I I just loved, I, I suppose I grew up, um, you know, there, obviously Ireland as well, you know, is a very big drinking culture. And I just, I just loved it. And I loved how it made, gave me confidence and all of that. And then I just decided though, you know, um, I noticed I was, I was drinking, you know, I was looking, I was really good all week. And then I was like, there's different types of, um, alcoholics and I would have been a kind of a functioning one but I'd look forward to Friday and then that was it nothing else happened on a Friday except I got my bottle of Bacardi and I got my coke and I got my ice and that was my you know and I noticed that it was affecting others around me this ritual I had you know and then also if I went to an event and there was like a glass of wine offered to me 
I'd be like, sure, what's the point in only having one glass? And so there was certain thinking I had. Um, and if I took one drink, you know, you just, I couldn't guarantee you I'd meet you if I'd arranged to meet you the next day. And so I noticed, and then my, my dad, I remember my dad saying to me, you know, you should stick to the beer, just stick to beer you know and when you start hearing things like that it's like hmm, you know and and like people were noticing um and I got if I went to a, a, a party I sang in a band and I was in that whole you know glamorous kind of party culture and I noticed everybody else would be drinking tea and I'd be like well where's where's the drink like I wanted to carry on so that's really why I started looking at that and I decided that um I decided to make the change and it, making the decision was the hardest part and then trying to think of it as one day at a time instead of thinking about but what about Christmas and what about the wedding and what about the, you know and so yeah so now I'm um, 13 years sober and I'm very proud of it and it's changed my whole life and I met my lovely husband and even my daughter she's never seen me have a drink and it's just really nice and you can see it filter down through the family as well. Um, it's nice to be, instead of the black sheep of the family, it's nice to be the reliable one and <laughs> the useful member of society. So, <laughs> yeah, I like that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wait. Now, you said something about a band? Yes, I used to sing in a band years ago. I was a backing singer. You know, I was the pretty girl dancing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, though. Yeah, I sing. I, I used to sing, yeah. Do we have any YouTube clips of that? <laughs> no, because at the time, you see, that was like, what? Gosh, that was like 20, I'm 50 now. So I was, yeah, 25 years ago. Oh, wow. So that was, yeah, but I loved all that. You see, I loved all the razzle dazzle. I still do to an extent. You know, <laughs> I still, that, that part, yeah, that part of me is still there where I like being on the stage and but that was great for me for my speaking at conferences because I didn't have that fear I was well used to standing up on the stage so that's been a help see there's always a reason there's a help for everything yes. every experience you have to your life there's always you can always use it for something you know um to implement with something else so yes that's true and, and you know a friend of mine who uh um, has had a lot of trauma in his life and he's had the concussions. He didn't have a drinking problem, but he, but he had some other issues. And uh, he told me one time, he said about trauma and depression, particularly, he said, the more you suppress, the bigger the mess. How does that yeah. sit with you? That's so true. I mean, I, if I was lonely, if I was angry, if I was bored, you know, I, like I thought the solution was alcohol, but actually it would make me worse, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, but that's all my past now. But like, it's great to be able to share my experience, strength and yeah. hope with others um, and kind of show that there is another way. I imagine it's, you know, because the culture, especially if you were still in the band culture, and, yeah. and everywhere you go, every party you go to, every, uh, yeah. And and if drugs are passed around and you say no, people kind of okay. Well, that's they don't really yeah. hound you about it. But if you turn down a, a drink, they like, hound why? you. About it. Well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what's wrong with you? I I get that still. I I, I go to yeah. events. You know, well, not now with COVID, but you know when events start again, it's always would you like a glass of wine? You know, or would and and I was like, well, do you have Coke, Coca Cola? Oh, you have to go and buy that. 
you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, that's not fair. So if I wasn't drinking, I'd be get, or if I was drinking, I'd get it free. But if I'm not drinking, I have to pay for it. So there is a kind of a, a shift beginning, I think. But, you know, even now, especially in media, especially in my line of work, you know, if you go to events, it's always a glass of wine, you know, mm. and, um, no, and, and it's funny. And I say, no, I, I, I don't drink. And it's like, why? Why do you not drink? You know, and it's like, I just tell them the truth. It's like, well, because, well, we could have a real party if you want me to drink. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, so I just kind of, and especially when I go to America as well, it's like, oh, you're Irish. You must love Guinness and whiskey. It's like, no. And even when I'm on the stage, I always emphasize the the, the lovely part of Ireland, the scenery, the culture, the, you know, and I was a host for Sober St. Patrick's Day this year. And that was so successful. And I I just kept showing beauty spots in Ireland instead of you know there was nothing to do with alcohol in that at all so I think people that, are that sounds think, like a great movement oh it's fantastic sober St. Patrick's Day yeah definitely check it is out is that They're just in Ireland or is that no that was based in New York but they couldn't oh, wow. do their event in real life so they reached out to me to be the host so we made it a global event so it was really oh, successful cool. so when you did finally come around uh to to finding discovering <laughs> twitter and digital media what was a tough about toughest thing about getting started in in your business or or did you even think about making it a business at the beginning no i had a totally different business at the beginning i had a business called funky goddess and it was um because my daughter came to that awkward milestone of her first period and i felt sorry for her and i went oh, i'll go to the shop and i'll buy her some kind of starter set or you know something to make her feel special and and there was no there were no starter sets and i stood there and my father had just passed away my marriage had just broken up so i kind of had ducks lined up in a row where i wanted to do something but i didn't know what it was um, and I, there and then in the supermarket aisle, I decided that I would start a business, which was a gift box for girls. And I called it Welcome to Womanhood. And it had a hot water bottle for tummy aches. It had a little calendar oh, for their oh. diary, little uh, little kind of pocket diary, all the essentials they needed, the information booklet, all of that. And it was really, really popular. But I had no money when I started my business. My mum gave me a little loan and I actually went on a show called Dragon's Den, which is like Shark Tank. Um, I had to go pitch to investors. So I needed an investment because I couldn't, I wasn't making a profit. It was really popular. And of course, I got lots of media attention because everybody wanted to talk about this because it was such a taboo topic and it was going to cause controversy. Right. So I ended up on all kinds of radio shows, the BBC, uh, RTE, uh, all kinds of publications. But that was when I noticed the power of storytelling because my sister put me on Twitter and she goes, there, go and market your business. And I was like, what do I do? I, I barely had a Facebook page. And so I just started finding people who were in business that I could be inspired by. I started following people who were just like me, women in business. And I kind of started from there. I started building relationships. But I had a friend who was a poet, a very good writer, and he was also a widower. And I asked him, how did you cope with that milestone as a guy, as a dad? Like, And he so he agreed to write a little blog post for me. So he wrote a little blog post about what it was like for him as a lone, a lone father, as a widower, and because uh, he had three daughters, you know, and uh, so he had to deal with it all on his own. So um, I put the story out, I put the blog post out on Twitter, and then um, a primetime radio show uh, researcher contacted me and asked, could, would he would he go on the show and talk about this? So he got 
an opportunity to be on the show. The researcher got a great topic. Uh, I got loads of sales. So everybody, I noticed the power of storytelling and the power of actually collaborating with others as well to reach a bigger audience. So it was really powerful because he was obviously a lovely writer because he was a poet. So it was just a really powerful piece. And uh, he had a book coming out later on, a poetry book. So it helped him, it raised his profile. So I just noticed that time, you know, the power of storytelling and, you know, reaching out to others and asking for help and all of those things that I always talk about and that people buy from people, you know, and, 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 and I just got really good on Twitter. And then because I didn't get the investment after the TV show, which sometimes happens with due diligence, I was still in the same situation. I had all of these sales, but I wasn't making a profit. And I was mm. sitting by the fire with my daughters and we'd no coal. And I decided I couldn't do this anymore to them just because I was being ambitious and all. So I decided to shelve it and a customer bought it off me. So I sold my first startup and then a local hotel approached me and said, you're really good at this Twitter thing. Can you show us how to do that? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I went and I showed them. They were like, oh, will you just do it for us? How much would that be? And I was like, oh, and then I went, oh, this is a business. If someone is willing to pay for a product or service that you have that they need that solves a problem for them, then you have a business. So that's where Tweeting Goddess started. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how has your business changed since you started? Oh, my goodness. Look, I never went to college and I didn't have any business experience, but I've I've definitely changed. And it's it's a lot of it is about mindset and it's about believing in your expertise and believing that you are the best and that you can help people. Um, so my business, my clients from back then have changed totally to who they are now. Like at the start, it was smaller business owners. It was, but like now the value that I can bring with my connections, my introductions, my, uh, my savviness on online with video and LinkedIn. And I've, I've actually got, gone into different areas. And then I have my Women's Inspire Network, which was a huge network of women in business that's global. You'll have to come and join us. And it's really, really good because we do we do weekly webinars. So I'm really good at setting up webinars and events. And so the things I do now were not necessarily the things I did at the start. At the start, I was managing accounts, but now I actually teach people how to do it themselves. And I teach companies not just individuals. So, um, and I get speaking moments. So I'm getting like, I've lots of different revenue streams compared to when I started out. So it's all about growing and surround yourself with good people and surrounding yourself. Like I needed a community around me too. And that's why I created Women's Inspire Network because I felt lonely sitting, mm -hmm. I'm in my box room here in a village in <laughs> Ireland, you know, but I'm talking to a global audience. So I just knew that it was so important for me as well to be able to bounce ideas off people you know because there'd be silly questions i'd have like what's a sales funnel i feel really stupid what's a sales funnel or i'd be like um you know how do i get the sale over the line they said they were going to buy now they're not and then you know i'm getting the right clients as well like you don't want to be messing around with tire kickers we call them you know um you know so it's important and it's important to, to manage your time that work-life balance thing because you can get sucked into you know this world and just it's important to go out in nature and stuff like that so you learn so much as you go so there's so many things have changed now what's the best piece of advice you were given you are good enough oh. 
you are good enough was one of the best pieces of advice I was given. That was from Bill Yao. I was at an event and some and a lady, Gwen, was on the stage speaking and she said, well, what's your biggest uh, challenge right now? And I went, am I good enough? And then, you know, and she so she addressed that. And then when he was walking out the door, Bill Yao was in the audience and he said, by the way, Sam, you are good enough. And that kind of you know, made me cry. Like, oh. but um, I still get goosebumps when I think about it. But also um, a great, great quote that I heard from uh, Morgan Freeman is don't ever take criticism from someone you would never go to for advice. I love that. Oh, that I love great. that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When you look at Twitter, I mean, I'm sure you have a laundry list of these, but what's your favorite Twitter fail that you like to use as an example of what not to do? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Yeah, okay. Oh, connecting your Facebook or Instagram to Twitter. So if you connect so that you, when you put something on Facebook, it just goes directly to Twitter. It's It's not saving time. First of all, they're two different audiences. And second of all, if you go to Twitter and it just says, I've just posted a photo on Facebook, like that to me, I'm not going to follow you because I can see you're not even on Twitter, you're on Facebook. So that's one big tip that I give. Plus, you really want to have unique content on all your platforms. Yeah. You don't want to have the same. I mean, sometimes you you post the same same stuff you can sometimes, sometimes it's the same but if you did it every post it would be a little boring <laughs> yeah you know i tw- if you look at my instagram it's totally different to my twitter um you know you might see maybe me walking the dogs on stories and on twitter as well but on linkedin you you might see me walking the dogs on the stories but you won't necessarily see that in the posts you know it's more business orientated but however linkedin is getting more human I always said it yeah. years ago before the pandemic, it was getting more human, but now I've noticed it even more. And actually most of my best clients I've got from being myself and being human. Well, and, and I was having a conversation last week uh, with some people and we're talking about branding and pictures of corporates, corporations with wearing suits seems a little out of place these days. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember... Everybody wears jeans. I mean, I don't even see very many people wearing a suit anymore. Yeah. um, And I find that also, you know, if you're on a Zoom call and the cat goes in the background (laughs) or a baby comes in or, you know, it's so much more acceptable than it was before. And I always was like that anyway, even with my Women's Inspire Network, we'd have one lady and she had her grandchild on her lap during the during the webinar and like and even uh, I had an event and a lady rang me she asked me could she bring her baby she just had a baby and I was like well yeah absolutely but like just if the baby cries would you be able to take the baby out if someone's speaking and she was like yeah sure and the baby was so good the baby had the best time because (laughs) the baby was being passed around to everybody and he was exhausted by the end of the day but more importantly, the woman who was a woman in business had a great time and she loved it. And um, there's loads. The photographer just kept taking pictures of her and the baby. So she got the most attention <laughs> out of the whole event. So, you know, I've always done that, you know. Some of my favorite uh, YouTube videos are of the Zoom Zoom pictures of cats and dogs yeah. and, of inter- and kids even interrupting Zoom calls. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, look, it's life. And I think, th- if anything, this pan- pandemic is sorting the men out from the boys, uh, inverted commas, because it's showing that people, the people that have stuck with this. And like when the pandemic hit, I didn't just sit around. I did a tweet and I said, look, does anyone need any help? 
you know, and I said, how can I add my skills to help others? And I knew that people were going to struggle, that people still hadn't got websites, for example, they still weren't savvy online. So I just started doing free webinars, how to pivot your business online. I had um, a couple of clients who already had done my six step program. So they were already online when this happened. And one of them was a yoga teacher and she used to teach down the local community hall. Now she's teaching Americans, like she's teaching people in Canada, in, in, in India, in Hong Kong, and she has people joining her yoga classes. So she says, like, I, I don't think I'm ever going to teach in the local community centre anymore. <laughs> you know, so it's like I knew that people needed help. So I reached out and I just did these. Now, I was tired. I was tired. I didn't stop working through this pandemic. However, people remember that and people yes. remember when you help them and they remember how you made them feel. So. This is going to really set people apart. And it's definitely done for me, definitely done it for me. Like all of a sudden people have been saying, you know, I'm one of the top Twitter experts in the world. That was never said before, you know, awesome. and it's lovely. Yeah, it's really nice. And really, when you look at digital media, I mean, it's like we're having a coffee at a coffee shop face to face. So, yeah, the um, the thing that, you know, I always tell people when they complain about their experience online, when they say, oh, there's so much drama on Facebook or Twitter's just a bunch of trolls. And I'd say, mm. well, you need to surround yourself with better people. Yeah, that's <laughs> Get it. the trolls out of your life. And, and I don't care if they're family. <laughs> Get rid of the people that are causing you grief on Facebook. <laughs> absolutely agree with you 100% and it is it's about the people you surround yourself with so it starts with following the right people which I had done I had followed yeah. people remember who were like me and it's about um engaging with them too it's not about just posting actually Twitter is not about me at all it's actually about my audience yeah. and it's about adding value um think before you tweet so if you're going to tweet something is this tweet going to inspire is this tweet going to help someone learn something new today is this tweet going to uh, add value and start a conversation maybe a positive conversation so you know it's all about that stuff and for me that's really simple but for others it's not as simple and that you know and that's why I prefer to teach people and and show them the way, you know, show them how you can actually really raise your profile online and 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 do what I've done. And and I've been through all the pitfalls, all the crap, all the things that affected me and and made me think of giving up. And but I can actually share that knowledge now to show people, look, you know, I did that happen to me and this is what I did, you yes. know, and that's really important. You don't know who people know. Oh, so yeah. you have no idea who's watching. And yes. there are so many stories about people getting their next big break through Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Like if somebody happened on their post at the right time, you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Or if you use it in a in a strategic way, I, I Sean Mendes is one of the biggest pop stars there is. And he's Canadian, by the way. Uh, he got his start on Vine. With those yeah. seven or eight second clips yeah. on Vine, that's how he started his fame. Look, uh, my whole life, like, don't forget, I was a lone parent on social welfare when I started. You know, my whole life has changed. My whole life, I mean, 
my my I've given my daughters better opportunities than I had, for example. My own daughter, my 22 year old, has her own business actually, and she's oh, amazing. Wow. And um, she's even becoming quite an influencer herself on Instagram. Uh, so you know, there are opportunities there. It's about learning how to use it correctly. It's about um, learning the technical side, but it's not really even about the technical side. It's about your mindset and the people you surround yourself with and how believing that, yes, I am the, like, look, I'm not an Instagram expert, but one of my girls, Sharon, on my team is. So I surround myself on my team. I have people around me who are better at the stuff that I'm not good at. And then I focus on the stuff that I'm really good at. So, you know, a lot of people struggle with social media they don't want to be on it especially people in the wellness space because they're connected to the universe so the universe <laughs> is saying no i do not want you on this computer i do not want you on this phone and um so i get a lot of clients in the wellness space especially because they they, they just find it so difficult because it's not what they do it's not their thing you know yeah. and but like you know but i couldn't do a yoga demo do you know what i mean so i like we're all good at different things that's true that's true so so what um, tools and resources would you recommend people get a hold of to kind of learn how to use these platforms better? Okay, well, first of all, I'd learn from an expert, someone like myself, or I would... Um tools to, scheduling you can schedule on twitter now you can schedule certain things there are scheduling tools there's one called feed alpha which is an irish company um there's another one called content cal there's agora pulse like there are all these different things that you can schedule content and have your content ready another little great tip which i can give everybody is get the hair and makeup done if you're a girl right <laughs> or if you're a guy maybe if it's your thing but get the hair and makeup done and take several different photographs or do several videos with different tops like put on a different top for each one change the lipstick on another one put the hair up in another one and have your content for the month all ready to go so exactly like spend some time so your content is really important planning is very important but um i don't schedule my own tweets though i usually if i'm there if you see me on Twitter, I'm there. I'm actually on my phone. Yeah. Um, but for clients, you know, it's important. There are different times. So the really busy time on Twitter is between 9.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. at night. So that's another little tip. Um, I use uh, Calendly to schedule my calls. I use uh, Bonjuro to surprise and delight my customers. So if someone joins my Women's Inspire Network, I send them a little personal video to thank them for joining. And straight away, they feel part of something you know, um, just little things like that. I have loads at Canva is great for creating images. Yes. I have a girl that does that too, because I don't have the patience. <laughs> so, um, you know, Anya, she does my calendar I, I, and then uh, Crowdcast for webinars. And I use Restream rather than StreamYard, but I use Restream for my live streaming. And yeah, there's so many tools out there. It's about trying them and finding which one is right for you. Exactly. And, and I... <laughs> I like what you said about changing tops and whatnot, because yeah. uh, if you're going to do take a day or, or two to do all your streams for the month or for the week or whatever, and you're wearing the same thing every time you're on screen, it's just like, 
watching a TV show. Oh, she keeps wearing a suit. Does yeah. she have any other clothes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very aware of that, actually, because one of my favorite tops, I wear it a lot. I'm like, mm, I really should change that top because I keep wearing it because I feel so good in it, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah so I have a bright things. red jacket like that for me. And it's like every photograph I have taken <laughs> at an event, I'm wearing this bright red jacket. Yeah, yeah. But it's the one that makes you feel good. Like, yeah. Well, I know. And it's so important that we do kind of look after ourselves as well. And that's another side of it, you know, tip wise, you know, you know, even just spend a half an hour a, a day engaging with your customers, even if you don't have a tweet to, to tweet, you know, just go and see who's liked your posts. What are they doing? How are they? Like reach yeah. out and ask them, how are they? Like, is there any way you can help them? And, you know, sometimes it could be a simple introduction but it could be a very useful introduction. And if you do that one useful introduction, that could change everything for that person. Yeah. I know it happened, um, I declined and they had a flower uh, supplier, a uh, florist, and the florist couldn't keep up the demand. So they reached out to me. And of course I have florists in my network. So I was able to send them that big contract because um, I knew which florist to send them to, you know, and they were delighted. So yeah, oh, things wow. like that. Well, you've answered my last question because I was going to ask you what's one thing somebody can do to move move themselves forward on their Twitter experience and reaching well, out. It's a great go back to your followers or create a Twitter yes. list. Create a Twitter list of you could create a Twitter list of people. I have a Twitter list of funny people because if I'm if I'm feeling a bit blue, I just go and I go to my funny tweeters. Um, I have a list of cool people. And my list of cool people are people who I'd like to have a cup of tea with someday. Right. So that could be a business person. They don't know why they're on that cool people list, but I will know why they're, why they're on that cool people <laughs> list. Um, and, you know, create Twitter lists of and segment your feed so that you're not wasting loads of time going down a rabbit hole and just go straight to your notifications in the morning and then go to your Twitter list and say, right, I'll see how Debbie is this week. You know, yeah, the best time I, to do that is at the beginning when you have not very many followers, because when you start getting a lot of followers, yeah, it's pretty hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And anyone who, who, who mentions you or tags you, thank them, you know, thank them for the retweet or thank them for, you know, because those people went out of their way to, to tag you. Um, and oh, there's so many tips, you know, and I do workshops. I have a workshop coming up um, in September um, that is just about Twitter. That's two hour. And then I have my Women's Inspire Network event. And I do my my Shine Online Academy starts on Wednesday. Maybe you could retweet that for me today. So yes, I, I will. And that's going to be group and one to one calls. So I, I actually created that just a month ago because I realized people couldn't afford they, people that couldn't afford my six step program. It's a way that they can afford me, but with a group as well and me a little bit. So, you know, there's always a package you can create for each budget, you know. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with me on the show. It's great to finally meet you face to face. You too. And thank you for asking me, you know. It's, oh, you're it's, welcome. It's lovely to kind of build a relationship. And that's another little tip. If you are on Twitter, take the relationship to the next level. Yes. If you really click them with somebody, take it to a Zoom call, take it to a DM, take it to email. That's the whole point is to build relationships. And at the end of the day, we're all in business. So it's okay to get a sale. You know, it's okay. Like, <laughs> you know, you do have to eat, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we have to eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot, Samantha. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. 
Get running this fall at Dunkin' with $2 medium iced coffees from 2 to 6 p.m. Try any of Dunkin's delicious iced coffee, like their signature original blend. Or treat yourself to mocha, caramel, or the fall favorite, pumpkin. Always freshly brewed, made just the way you like it. Make time for happy hour and enjoy a $2 medium iced coffee from 2 to 6 p.m. Washington, D.C. runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.